Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Epic Fantasy Romance. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Mm. Decent. Today is Tuesday, January 17th, 2023. Uh, for some of you in the U.S., this may be your Monday, the first day of the work week. If so, welcome back to work. Hope that's a good thing. <clears throat> Let's see. Um, so I did work yesterday. The good news is, is I did finish that revision of Bandits, and I sent it to Agent Sarah. Uh, yes, exciting news. Yay. Um, I powered through and did about... Well, let's see. It wasn't that much work, Jeffy. I did a little over four hours straight of work on it. Um, is that right? Yeah, four hours straight. Oh, this is why my formula is not correct. Um, over the course of five hours. So a longer day than I normally do. But I made it through, started out with 82 pages, ended up with 85. I added about a 1,000 words. Um, but I'm happy with it. I'm, I'm really happy with it. So um, it was good to send that off. We will see what Agent Sarah says. Uh, thank you all for the kind words of support from my uh, thrashing last week on the topic um, of it being cross-genre. Uh, I decided to leave it that way. Um, and I'm glad that you all think so. I've had interesting conversations with people on the subject over the last few days. But I knew for sure that I did not want to lean into it being more epic fantasy. I did not want to make this people galloping around on horses in a faux medieval society. And I'm not sure exactly why... Um, what it was that made Jim think that's what it should be. He did say it was the least epic fantasy of anything that I've written so far. And I was like, okay, this is not epic fantasy romance. Um, there are romantic elements, but the focus is not romance. And it's, um, yeah, it's a different thing. And so uh, when I talked with Jennifer Eastep about it, we were talking about the fact that, like, my other option would have been to lean more into urban fantasy, which this is decidedly not. This is alternate world fantasy. It's high fantasy, I think. Um, it's high fantasy with a twist. Um, maybe a high fantasy heist. Maybe that's what I'm going to call it. In fact... Let's just write that down. I was thinking what I should do is just go ahead and write up a synopsis for Agent Sarah because I know she's going to want one. And I might send her that, uh, that it's a high fantasy heist. Um, oh, yeah, but, you know, Jennifer and I were talking about the fact that urban fantasy is a very hard sell to trad right now. That, in fact, so, so here's this thing. This is what agents do. And it's a game. It's a game that 
they play in the industry. Uh, partly the, I think it's the agents trying to get around the editors. And this is something that I didn't understand for many, many years as a newbie writer. So that's why I'm explaining it all to you, just in case you want to know. Um, that, you know, like you'll go to a conference and there'll be agents sitting on a panel and they'll say, oh, urban fantasy is dead. And you'll actually hear some of the editors say the same thing. They'll be like, oh yeah, urban fantasy is dead. We're just not acquiring urban fantasy. You have to learn how to decode what this means. What this means is that if they say that something is urban fantasy to their bean counters, to the bookstore buyers, to the people running the numbers, then they do not get an enthusiastic reaction. It is not actually that the stories that have an urban fantasy flavor are un totally unwelcome. It's that they can't call it urban fantasy. So they play these games. So like I remember at, when I first started going to romance conventions, they would say that um, chick lit was dead. Uh, and partly what they're saying there is that the phrase is not one that anyone wants to hear. And in truth, we're really not hearing the phrase chick lit anymore and may never again because it's, um, you know, ever so slightly derogatory. Um, so, <laughs> you know, instead they, now they say, um, humorous women's fiction. They say romantic comedy. It's kind of a game. Uh, so the word is, uh, from various sources that nobody wants to hear urban fantasy right now in Trav. And instead what they're saying is speculative fiction speculative fiction. So maybe I should call this a speculative fiction heist. Um, is it really a heist? I don't know if it's actually a heist. Maybe it is. Well, anyway, um, so, so these are the games that they play. So when you are at a conference or listening to a podcast with an author where we're saying things like, well, you can't sell anything as urban fantasy anymore. That means that if you go to an agent or an editor, and I'm telling you all this is true right now, and it's been forming for years. And I feel like we're just like up against the wall. Uh, where urban fantasy has kind of lost its meaning as a phrase, as a genre, and you just can't call a book that, that you're trying to sell urban fantasy anymore. I'm sorry. Call it something else. Figure something else. Clever to call it. So one of the interesting conversations I've been having with people about the whole cross-genre thing is that in some ways, and this was interesting to me, so my friend Kelly Robson said, that, and I'm going to quote her, that she thinks cross-genre is very up to the moment. Interesting, huh? So here I am, this person who has always been somewhat fatally cursed by being cross-genre. That, and Kelly is saying she feels like it's very up to the moment. Uh, in some ways, I think, being like epic fantasy romance 
is no longer all that cross genre. It's become a genre and having romance in there isn't the anathema that it once was. Now, Kelly points out, and I think this is very interesting. She says that she feels like a lot of the most successful stories of the past few years, and she's talking science fiction, fantasy, speculative fiction, um, that they are cross genre. Uh, Gideon the Ninth is fantasy, horror, science fiction. Murderbot is definitely cross genre. And we all love Murderbot. Uh, and I think this is a really interesting point. She also says that readers younger than we are um, perceive rigid genre categories as old fashioned and they just want a good story about people doing exciting things. And I think that's really true. And I think self-publishing has really influenced that. I think um, traditional publishing is, has been slow. That's, I, I almost feel like we can't, um, you know, saying traditional publishing has been slow period is just, um, I don't know, uh, redundant. <laughs> it's the department of redundancy department. Uh, traditional publishing is glacial about catching up to trends. So, um, yeah, after having lots of conversations with people, uh, talking about it extensively with Jennifer, uh, in particular, because Jennifer agrees that this, that the bandit story is cross genre, but she also feels like that's part of what makes it unique and charming, which is what I also think too. Um, and Dorinda thinks that it is, uh, I think if I tried to lean it in one direction or the other, I think it would lose that special sauce and you know, and it's funny because then people come back around to, well, you have to write the book of your heart. You know, you have to write what you want to write, which I absolutely agree. It's totally true. And yet at the same time, it would be nice to have people pay you to write what you want to write. Not always the same thing. So, uh, so yeah, I finished the tweak. I think it's good. I send it to Sarah. I might write up this synopsis while it's in my brain this morning. Um, <laughs> for me, writing the synopsis of a book I have not yet written is um, lots of hand waving because <laughs> I don't actually know what will happen. Uh, but I think this story has a fairly, I don't want to say predictable arc, but straightforward arc perhaps. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to try to write up some of that. And then we'll see what Sarah says. Uh, if you all want to light a candle for me, sacrifice a plot bunny for me. Uh, what I would love is if Sarah agrees to take this out on spec. I know she wanted me to write the whole book because she's finding it easier to sell entire manuscripts than uh, the partial, but I'm hopeful that maybe she'll say, well, if she has a choice between, um, <laughs> being able to go out on sub soon with this as it is, or, you know, or she might have some, a few changes, but, uh, I doubt extensive. If she wants extensive changes, if she wants me to lean it one way or another, we'll have to think, um, 
depends on what she wants, right? Because um, I don't know if I want to make it like horses. Horses, horses, horses. Nothing wrong with horses. Love horses. Um, I just don't think the story would work with horses. As the transportation device. I think you probably haven't been clear on that. Uh, but yeah, she wants me to write the whole end of the book. She's not going to get it till March or April. That's just how it is. Um, yeah. And so now I really need to get full steam on Rogue Familiar or I'm not going to make my release date. And that would be sad, bad and wrong. Uh, yeah, because I know a lot of you are out there are waiting for Rogue Familiar. I do have the cover. It's so good, you guys. It's so cool. Um, it's it's finalized. It's not at the final, final, final stage. Uh, she does like her special magic at the very end. So, um, but we'll probably do the cover reveal at the end of this week, maybe. Uh, beautiful assistant Corrine has been on vacation. It was her birthday yesterday. So happy birthday, Corrine. And I have been attempting to not bother her on businessy things. Uh, while she is on vacation, enjoying her time off, uh, other than to send her happy birthdays and hear about how her vacation is going. But then we'll set up the cover reveal. And so if you are uh, someone who would like to participate in the cover reveal, send me a message or um, send, you could send it like through the website contact form or hit me up on social media or send uh, an email to my assistant, Kareen, C-A-R-I-E-N at home.nl. And I'll try to make sure that that's in the notes. Uh, but, you know, you can always comment on the podcast in one of the many places that you all comment and I will pass it along to Kareen. So, It'll be, I can't, I'm excited for you all to see this cover and it's an inspirational cover. It'll be as soon as I get the final, final, I'll um, throw it up on my desktop so I can look at Celia's face and use that for uh, inspiration as I write her story. So, so yeah, I felt good yesterday, which was nice. You know, it's funny how, when you have a day where you feel really energized and where the well is refilled, uh, it really points up how on other days, maybe you didn't feel that so much. Uh, so I was definitely feeling uh, on the ball yesterday. Maybe you did a little bit longer day than I should have because I'm feeling a little bit more tired today. Um, I also woke up this morning feeling a little sniffly and headachey. Not terrible, but definitely sinusy. You know, and I was around people this weekend. Um, you know, my former boss from Boston, and he was at this conference with people from all over. So I have no doubt been bombarded with all sorts of uh, various flu bugs and variants and so forth. So I'm probably try to take it easy. It's also still very snowy. It's supposed to be snowy all day today. So, um, so yeah, that's all that's on my mind today. 
I think I'll go ahead and call it good. I am running a little late because I, I slept like 10 hours last night. So even though I went, got in bed at like 8.30, I didn't wake up until 7. Well, I kind of woke up at like a quarter to 7, but I didn't haul my ass out of bed until after 7. So I don't know. Maybe that's like sending all that energy off with bandits. Wouldn't it be great if bandits like did awesome? Um, I don't expect bandits to be murder bot. I mean, we all would have loved to have written murder bot, uh, not only because it's successful because Martha Wells is so fucking brilliant. If you haven't read murder bot, I mean, I know I've talked about it on the podcast. Everybody should read murder bot. Really. It's just, um, one of the best characters ever. Um, murder bot is us. <laughs> so, um, I, I guess I should very quickly, because I know my mother is going to say, what are you going to even, what are you talking about? So Murderbot is, there's um, a series of novellas and one novel, I think, so far. And Murderbot is basically a cyborg, um, part human, part mechanism. Um, and it the story begins where it has hacked its own governing module that makes it have to, see, you wouldn't like it, Mom. Well, maybe you would. It's it's incredibly relatable. Um, it's hacked its own control that keeps it um, basically functioning as a robot. So it begins to have thoughts and feelings, and it's been designed uh, to to kill people. Essentially, uh, it's a security cyborg, and so it calls itself Murderbot. And that's like its private self-loathing nickname. And all Murderbot really wants to do is to be left alone to consume media. So, Mom, it would be the equivalent of it downloads Criminal Minds and watches all 10 seasons over and over again. Uh, It essentially watches soap operas. And there are these great references to the various shows that Murderbot loves. And, And you begin to understand that it is watching these shows with relationships and an attempt to understand uh, what feelings are and why people interact the way they do. And Murderbot definitely has feelings. It just has no idea what to do with them. And it's very socially awkward and it's, um, it's brilliant. I'll, I'll have to link to the books. There we go. Um, all right. And so now I'm really going to go and get on with my day. I, I hope you all have a wonderful day. And I will talk to you all on Thursday. You all take care. Bye-bye.